0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family wealth and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. At this rate, we're creating a financial future for our two children that we would have never imagined possible. And to think it all started with taking that first step and making the conscious decision to eliminate our debt once and for all. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're gonna do two things. First, I'm gonna share how we paid off $50,000 of debt in one year. And after that, we are back with another interview in our Mortgage Freedom Series. This month, we are featuring Kristen McCamey from Metro Detroit. She's going to share how the Great Recession in 2008 and 2009 inspired her to pay off her mortgage early. All right, let's jump into today's show. In May of 2010... I married my dream girl. She was funny. She was beautiful and chock full of 90s TV trivia. (laughs) Our first couple of dates consisted of a lot of Save by the Bell and Seinfeld jokes. For those of you out there who know those two shows, you you get it. (laughs) Outside of knowing the Soup Nazi episode verbatim, Nicole and I both came into the marriage knowing the general basics of personal finance. You know, things like don't carry a credit card balance or always have some savings for a rainy day or good debt is okay to have. In the years before our marriage, we did rack up a hefty amount of good debt. Car payments and student loans were a few of those good debt offenders that we carried into our marriage. Because you need a car to get around, right? So that's that's good debt. And college, how else are you gonna pay for college without student loans, right? <laughs> After some research and personal soul searching, for us, there really was no good debt or bad debt. It was just debt to us. It was just money we owed someone it wouldn't go away until we decided to clean it up and so nicole and i decided that being in debt was not something we wanted for our new family so nicole and i vowed at that point to become debt free before our first child was born our little zoe well actually i vowed <laughs> i read a bunch of books watched some tv shows listened to some radio shows and then and then i vowed <laughs> And then I slowly but surely convinced Nicole to join me in this wild journey. In September of 2010, at this point, September 2010, we owed $20,908 on Nicole's car and $27,124 on my student loans for a grand total of $48,032. And this was good debt, bad debt, indifferent debt, whatever. It was just debt, right? And during the next 12 months, we took that $48,032 of debt and we clobbered it. So by September 2011, we owed $0. We owed nothing, zilch, nada, all gone. Bye bye debt. <laughs> So I'm going to walk you through the five steps that we took to rid our family of debt forever. Number one, develop a monthly budget. We developed a monthly written budget that defined our way forward. We knew that we had to reduce our expenses and increase our debt payments. The written budget guided us to ensure that we would stay the course. For budgeting, we just used a simple spreadsheet I had a Excel form. It wasn't that fancy. We just listed out our income at the top and then our expenses and made sure we allocated each of our dollars to an assignment. As the years passed and we learned about Mint, we decided to upgrade to that. But during our debt payoff process, it was a simple spreadsheet. But if we had mint, that would have helped out a little bit because it's a super cool tool, and we still use it today, and it gave us a lot more flexibility and just made the monthly budget process a lot quicker. So anyway, I've got a, a 10 step guide on my site on this show notes page, which is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 179. And it guides you through quick and easy how to get started on mint. And by the way, mint is free. So great price. And another free tool that's a lot of fun is Zeta. This one is a good one for couples specifically. Whether you have your money joint or you don't have it, Zeta is a great tool as well. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Zeta. All right, anyway, those are a bunch of bunch of tools you could use now. But if you're all you know skeptical of tools or whatever, don't want to use online tools or anything like that, just a pencil and paper is totally fine. Just get started. Write it down on a piece of paper what you make and all what you spend your money on, and then start making a plan. Number two, choose your debt elimination strategy. There are multiple debt elimination strategies you can choose from. Pick one that works best for you and your specific situation. So here's the first one I'll walk you through. Debt snowball. So how does it work? You take your debts and you line them up from smallest amount owed to largest amount owed. You pay off the smallest one first by making extra payments each month. Now, given that you'll have less interest to pay with one of your eliminated debts, take that extra amount of money and start paying down the principal of the next debt. Hence the snowball, right? It grows larger and larger like a snowball going down a hill. So let me give you an example of the debt snowball in action here. So let's say we've got three debts. We've got a credit card debt, a medical debt, and a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. We've got $2,000 on the credit card, $500 balance on the medical debt, and then $25,000 you owe through your HELOC. So with the snowball example, you would pay off the medical debt first because it's the smallest one. It's 500 bucks. And then you do the credit card at 2000 and then you do the HELOC at 25000 And why does this work? Why does this process work? Well, by getting some quick wins and paying off your smallest debt first, you're gonna feel motivated to keep going. If you started with that $25,000 home equity line of credit, you could be at it for quite a while and then just sort of become uninspired to continue paying off your debt and just maybe just give up. <laughs> So anyway, it's got a lot of motivation, helps you get some quick wins, and moves things forward. The second strategy is called debt avalanche. So how does this one work? Well, you take your debts and you line them up from largest interest rate to smallest interest rate. You pay off the debt with the largest interest rate first by making extra payments each month, and then the process continues similar to the debt snowball. So let's walk through another example with debt avalanche. So let's say you got that credit card debt, right? And it's got 20% interest on it. The medical debt's got 4% interest and then your home equity line of credit's got 6%. So with the avalanche, you would pay off the credit card debt first because it's got the highest interest rate, then the HELOC at 6%, then the medical debt at 4%. So why would people choose to do debt avalanche? Well, mathematically, this helps you pay off the most financially draining debts that you have And will, I guess, help you save the most money in theory, right? If you keep moving forward with it and you do it. So some other debt elimination options out there. Uh, This one's called the hybrid model. So you can look at a hybrid model of both of those approaches, the avalanche and the snowball where you pay off the debt with the largest interest rate first, maybe that credit card first, right? And then after that, you get some quick wins, by paying off the smallest balance. So you could just kind of mix and match with the hybrid model there. And then there's also the debt hatred model, which is funny. You just pick the one that you hate the most and you say, I'm going to start with that one. Let's say you just hate your student loans so much. Throw, just start paying off the student loans first, crush them. So that's the debt hatred method. We ended up choosing the debt avalanche method because our student loan and our car debts were pretty close, um, you know, it was like 20000 versus 30000 So we chose the student loan, and that one had an interest rate of 6.8%, so we decided to crush that one first as soon as possible, and then we went to the car loan. If student loan refinancing companies like SoFi were around back then, I probably would have refinanced that debt because I could have gotten a much lower interest rate And they're even given these cash bonuses for people who refinance with them. So if you guys have student loans right now, it might not be bad to check out something like SoFi. And if you use my link, marriagekidsmoney.com slash SoFi, you get a, a nice bonus too. All right. Number three, increase your income. Outside of spending less money, another great way to eliminate your debt is make more money. Yes, obviously, this is just a great way to go. So before we decided to go crazy on our debt, I received a promotion to a sales position at the company I was at, and it allowed me to make a commission when I brought in new business. At that time, I was making around 70,000 bucks per year without the commissions. And then when Nicole and I decided to get rid of all this debt, let's just say i became a little motivated to sell like like a lot <laughs> i expanded our portfolio with a major client and doubled our business in 2011 So our business grew and my team grew and so did my commission checks. Yay! (laughs) I ended 2011 with just over $100,000 in total income. So a nice $30,000 swing of additional income, which was great. And with that additional income, we didn't adjust our lifestyle and buy new clothes and fancy cars and new jewelry and all that. We took that extra money each month and slowly but surely paid down our debt using the debt avalanche. Now, you may not be in a sales job like I was where you can get these commissions and things like that, but increasing your income is possible for most anyone. It just takes a little extra effort. So you just have to decide how motivated are you to get rid of your debt, right? So I'm going to give you 10 quick ideas to increase your income, I've done at at least five of these personally. So number one, detail the value you bring to your company and ask for a salary increase. If you are exceeding expectations and you haven't gotten a raise in a little while, you might want to investigate that a little bit. The second thing, number two, sell household items you don't use anymore on Facebook Marketplace. That's a quick and easy way to get some money and throw it at your debt. Number three, become an Uber or Lyft driver in your downtime. This might not work if you got little kids at home, things like that. But back then when we didn't have kids, totally could have done it. Number four, Airbnb, a room at your house. If you got a little extra space, why not make a little bit of money? And you could, number five, get a roommate and just charge a monthly rent. So outside of the Airbnb thing, you could just, if you got an extra room, you could do it for a year could get, you know, however much for your room and that could really make a big difference on your debt payments. Again, if you've got kids at home, you maybe don't want a roommate or something like that. But if you are, you know, newly married and want to make a little bit extra money, not a bad way to go. Number six, use your skills to create something and sell it online, like Etsy. A lot of people are making a lot of money on Etsy. Very crafty folks out there. Number seven, help people with everyday tasks through services like TaskRabbit. So this is kind of like the Uber and Lyft where you're trading your time for money. But if you've got some skills and some time, might not be a bad idea. Number eight, become a freelance writer or start a blog. So I did this about three years ago and I figured out how to make some good money being a freelance writer and starting a blog. So something to consider. Number nine, sell unused gift cards on sites like eBay or Cardpool. This way you can get actual money for the gift cards that are just sitting around your house. Number 10, start a weekend dog sitting service. If you like dogs or you like animals, just could be a great way to make a little extra money. All right. So that's uh, an opportunity for you to make more money, increase your income. So let's go to number four now. Stick to the plan. It's incredibly easy to stray away from your budget or your debt elimination strategy, there are always shiny objects that will distract you and take you off course. Although I consider myself a frugal and disciplined dude, I had a tough time not spending all those extra commission dollars I was getting. I worked in a industry where people had some nice clothes and nice suits and things like that. And I had a fine suit, but, was, you know, it'd be like, oh, it'd be kind of nicer to look a little nice. and But, you know, I, I wanted to stay on track and... And, and my wife and I would remind ourselves that being debt-free before our first child came into the world would set our family on a course for financial success that would last forever. It would last our entire lives. So the things I wanted, the, the stuff, it, it wasn't crucial. It, 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 it was just a distractor on our way to something better. So the reasons for pushing hard are why gave us the motivation to stick with the plan. We kept thinking how satisfying it would feel to rid ourselves completely of our debt. Number five, celebrate the wins. We're not robots, right? Live a little, right? When you pay off your debts, we gotta celebrate. Go out to dinner, pop some champagne, share the news with family and friends. This is a big, big deal. You are not normal in a good way, right? This encouragement is going to motivate you to keep charging down the path toward complete financial freedom. Now, Nicole and I celebrated each debt-crushing milestone together, and it made our marriage, our new marriage, just that much stronger, right? We were partnering together on something so important for our future, and we were winning together. That year of debt destruction allowed us to have Nicole leave her job and stay at home to raise our kids. And we couldn't put a price tag on the bond that she's developed with Zoe and Calvin during the first portion of their lives. Now they are, Zoe just turned eight yesterday. <laughs> Zoe's eight and Calvin is five. So life is good. And, and that time that they spent together, man, it was one of the best decisions we ever made. And fast forward to today, and we're talking about today, we've kept up that debt elimination and we paid off our mortgage just a few years ago. So we paid off all of our debt and then we paid off all our mortgage and it took us less than four years because we had that momentum, that motivation. That major reduction in our expenses has allowed both Nicole and I to now choose work that we want to do instead of work that we have to do. I get to do this. I get to talk to you on the show. This is my new gig. I couldn't have imagined picking a career or a business like this uh, back when we were crushing our debt in 2011, but now we're here and Nicole has a gig that she loves and she only works part-time. It's fantastic. Our lives feel great. At this rate, we're creating a financial future for our two children that we would have never imagined possible. And to think, it all started with taking that first step and making the conscious decision to eliminate our debt once and for all. Now, we have the freedom to live the lives we've always wanted. Now, I would love to hear where you are in your financial freedom journey. If you would join me at the Thriving Families Facebook group, at slash FB group. That's slash FB group. In that group, it's a free group, and there's about 600, 700 of us now. These are all families, young families that are trying to build wealth and give their family a better life. So join us, share with us, and share where you are in your journey, and we'll support you along the way. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our Mortgage Freedom Series today, we're going to interview Kristen McCamey from Metro Detroit. She and her husband, Robert, recently became mortgage-free, and they are so excited about it because they love traveling and enjoying life. Welcome to the show, Kristen.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Everybody, I am so excited to have Kristen here. Kristen is not only a friend of mine, but she lives just a, you know, a couple miles away, and we used to work together too. So this is a big deal for me because I really don't have a lot of in-person interviews, and it's great to have a friend here. So thanks again, Kristen. I for appreciate sure. it. <laughs> so Kristen, paying off your mortgage, it's a pretty big deal. I like to talk about it quite a bit. Everybody knows that on the show here. Were you always focused on your finances?
1: So the answer to that is no. Um <laughs> my husband and I, you know, we have a long history of being in in debt and having issues with money. So to kind of summarize it, my husband grew up in Detroit. And if you know anything about the late 60s, Detroit used to be a really great place to live. And then the riots hit and everything kind of went downhill from there. So he actually was living with a single mother with four kids. One of the kids were actually handicapped as well. So, it was really hard. They were on welfare. So, he finally was able to get out of that situation. And I did get his permission to share these stories by the way. And a few years later, he married somebody who wasn't really the right person for him. So, he ended up losing pretty much everything. He was in debt about $45,000. Lost his house and was living in his friend's basement. Wow. (laughs) So, fast forward a long time, and now he has a successful photography business and everything's good. And then, from my standpoint, I kind of grew up in a different environment. I grew up in a really, really small town with about 3,000 people in the middle of nowhere. And there were five kids in our family. Um, And when I was 22, I decided to move to Hawaii for school, for college. I moved back to Michigan when I was 28, when we were having the worst recession ever, when it was probably the stupidest decision I could have made. So I came back $75,000 in debt with a master's degree and couldn't find a job for an entire year. So I lived off my credit card, and it was actually so bad at one point that I wasn't even able to pay off my minimum payment on my credit card, so I would have to transfer the money and do a cash transfer into my checking account to then turn that money around again and pay off my minimum (laughs) balance on my credit card. It was awful. At the same time, my parents were actually going through a similar thing. My dad was let go from his job after 35 years and they lost our childhood home. Mm -hmm. So this was going on all at the same time. So needless to say, it was a little challenging. And then I met Robert pretty much around the time when I just started finding a little bit of work and I was actually babysitting. I couldn't even believe it. I was babysitting <laughs> with a master's degree. It was mortifying, but it was what I had to do you know, at the time. And I ended up finding some teaching work at a, at a college that was contract for a while. And that's kind of when I met Robert. I, I honestly can't believe he dated me back then because he was actually doing really well. <laughs> he had a, a thriving business. But I was living with my cat in an apartment with no furniture and serious debt. So, <laughs> 2008,
0: 2009, 2010, that was a really rough time for a lot of people nationwide, but especially here in Metro Detroit, we were hit really hard with that recession. So I, I, I'm feeling you as you're talking through that story because I remember I was lucky enough to have a job at that point, but we all took what was called pay deferrals at that point. And I wasn't making that much to begin with. I was making like $30,000, so a pay deferral to me. Talk about racking up debt. I mean, it sounds like a lot of people in our situation were doing that. So when you got to that point, when, when did you meet Robert? I guess, what what year was that?
1: That was um, 2009. 2009.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so at that point, you had quite a bit of debt. His business was starting to thrive. And wh- why would you say that? Why wouldn't he like you? I mean, to talk <laughs> about that a little bit. He,
1: <laughs> he said he knew that I had a lot going for me and I was just in a rough spot. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And, and he was right. <laughs> because it was just terrible timing. I was putting my resume out. It was basically going into a black hole. I yeah. couldn't even believe it. I probably applied to 300 jobs. That had never happened before. I found a job within a day when I moved to Hawaii. You know, It was never an issue. Yeah. So it really kind of changed my way of thinking about money. And I ended up selling my car, and I was driving this beater. And it was just an awful... It was rusted on the side. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I honestly felt like... I just had to buckle down and do whatever was necessary. What kind of clicked in my mind at that time was I read uh, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. For those of you who haven't read it, he talks about saving up thousand dollars, right? And that's kind of the first baby step. And you know, now that's funny to me; it, it doesn't seem like a big deal. But at the time, it, it was huge. So I'm thinking, how can I save up a thousand dollars when I have to pay my, you know, car insurance or whatever? Um, but I did it. And then i I got really good at it. And so I realized i what I had to do was basically borrow money from myself if I wanted that money. And then, if you know it had to be an emergency, and sometimes it was an emergency, and I just took it from myself anyway. But then my next check, I had to pay myself back first before anything else. Hmm. Um, so that kind of trained me to be a little more responsible with money. And then, you know, in order to pay off my student loans, I also took his advice, where I looked at all of the debt that I had, and I started working on paying off the lowest balance first, regardless of interest rate, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of other people would suggest, pay off the highest interest rate. You're, you know you're going to pay more money. But in the end, I feel like, you know, when you're in a situation like that and you're at rock bottom, you really need the confidence. To get to the next step. So I feel like I focused on that small amount. And once I got rid of it, I was like, okay. And I had five loans with my student loans. And I focused on that one, got rid of that. And then I, I felt more confidence to kind of move on to the next four steps. And then it was three. And then it was two, right? And I I worked hard and I, you know, I was I think I was only making between 40 and 45,000 this entire time. Yeah, what um,
0: you said was 75,000 in debt.
1: Right. So, what I ended up doing was I did have a skill. I um, shot video and edited video as well. I actually um, did that when I was in Hawaii. I shot Japanese weddings on the beaches. So, I decided, okay, this is the one thing I know how to do. Um, I'm going to shoot weddings on the weekend. You know, that was really the only way that I knew I could pay off those loans because it was such a huge amount and I, I couldn't just put you know, $50 here, $50 there. I needed 2,500 in one weekend. I needed $3,000 in one weekend. And so that was basically how I did it. And I hated every moment of it. Honestly, it was super stressful. What
0: were those work weeks like when you were (laughs) working and doing that? How how, how many hours were you pulling? Yeah,
1: it was insane. I mean, it was crazy. I was, I was also picking up um, freelance projects. You know, my husband owns a photography studio, so he would throw me freelance I feel like just being a hard worker really was the key, and same for my husband. I mean, he's hilarious. You know, he makes good money. He does a great job. But you know, just the other day, he sees this chair on the side of the road. It's this white '70s like old looking chair, and he's like, he picks it up and he sells it for $150 on (laughs) Facebook Marketplace. And this is what he does. He's he's scrappy. Oh, love it. You know, and he learned it from living you know, in kind of the projects, you yeah, know, the, sure. the bad areas. Um, but that's just always his mentality. And I feel like we both have maybe that fear that kind of drives us because we don't want to end up there again.
0: Well, it's understandable, both from what he grew up with and then the feeling that you had in the Great Recession in Metro Detroit. I mean, there's no wonder you wanted to buckle yeah. down and work hard. So how did you increase your income at that point to start to tackle some more of your goals?
1: Yeah, so it was. It, it's funny because... As soon as I paid off my student loans, about a month later, and we were so excited, we went out to you know went out to dinner, and we're like, okay, let's focus on paying our mortgage. Like this was the moment, right? Like we're going to pay our mortgage off. And a month later, I got the job that I have now, which more than doubled my salary, and instantly it was just like, okay, now we got this, you know. And that's where um, we started really focusing on, on the mortgage. Now my husband had bought our house about. I don't know 7 or 8 years before I met him so I felt bad I wasn't contributing as much as you know he had <laughs> not that it needs to be you know 50/50 all the time but um, so I thought okay I'm going to pay double the mortgage on top of him paying you know the regular mortgage payment so I just went crazy and we just lived the exact same way I feel like that was a big part of our success was just keeping living within our means and not going above that at all. Um, I also took from Dave Ramsey um, not ever having a car payment. I've, I haven't had a car payment since I was 20. Um, I think part of that was because I drove a moped
0: in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> that's great. I had a moped too.
1: Did you? Yeah. Um But, yeah, so, I mean, we just really stuck to it. And then Robert had a big down payment, and we we actually bought a house in Hawaii in 2011. We got an incredible deal but it didn't end up working out um, with renting it so far away. It was really difficult. So we ended up selling it, but we made a pretty big profit. So that was part of what we did to pay off our mortgage. And then from there, we just kind of went crazy with the payments and just
0: That's incredible. did it
1: together. yeah.
0: So talk to me about that moment when you started making more money in your life and you decided to continue living the same lifestyle. People don't do that, so let's talk about that. (laughs) Uh, You ended up doubling the amount of money you you made. How did you tell yourself that paying off your mortgage was more important than uh, lifestyle inflation?
1: I think that I saw it as an opportunity, and maybe maybe it's another fear thing, but I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm always going to make this much money. You know? Maybe this is the time when I should really be saving what I have because I want to look back on you know past Kristen and be happy with the decisions I made back then for where I am now. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. I feel like Robert and I, you know, we we actually don't have our money together at all. Everything is 100% separate. Um but we have the same goals and the exact same mentality as far as being debt-free. I mean, of course, sometimes it's hard, right? I, I see these nice houses, I want these nice things, but I, I always come back to like, I don't want to be in debt again, right? We paid off our mortgage, why would I want to get another one right now, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, or ever. So, so yeah.
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Talk to me about the separate finances. How does that work? How do you guys come together on a unified goal when the money is separate?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) I get a lot of, by the
0: way, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I've talked to all couples and different, you know, especially as we, I guess, progress in in (laughs) in society and and maybe some of our traditional Puritan ways are, 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 you know, fading away a little bit. Uh, A lot more people are doing separate finances and I don't think there's anything wrong with it whatsoever. I just, I wanted to ask and see how you guys do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Um, I think that we come to it with a very unique situation than most people. I mean, my parents met when they were both 24, right? They decided they want to get married. They want to have kids. That's that's what they do. Um, Robert and I, he's you know considerably older than me, 17 years old. You would never know it if you met him, but <laughs> he's 17 years older than me. Um, like I said, when I met him, I was in a completely different stage of my life than him. Um, You know, he has a daughter. He had a business. I had a ton of debt. I didn't want to really put that on him. Right. So I think that we just kind of decided from the beginning that we would make it work and it, it has worked. Luckily now I'm making a lot more money. So we're, you know, equally like everything's cool. We pretty much split everything and it's worked out really well. I mean, we still have those conversations where, If one of us isn't working, we would consider, of course, putting our stuff together. Obviously, we'd probably have to, right, in that situation. But um, as far as making big decisions, I I would say, you know, we just talk it over like I think people that have their money together do too, right? We decided we wanted to redo our kitchen, so we saved up the money and we decided how we're going to split it up, you know, and we did that and paid it off.
0: Tell me about um, that. How, how do you decide who pays what with the with the well, uh, with the kitchen remodel? That's interesting. <laughs>
1: I mean, I ended up paying a lot more because I wanted it a lot more. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> so, and I, I have a little more expensive taste when it comes to that stuff. Sure. Um, And I'm a food blogger on the side, so no. it was really important to me to have certain things, not so much for him. So I kind of made the deal like, okay, you know, I paid like 75% of it or something and then sure. he, he, you know, put in the rest. Um, So, but, you know, we just kind of make those decisions based off the situation at hand. You
0: yeah. Know? So... Nicole and I have some disagreements on finances every once in a while and we have our money as a joint, you know, and we do it together, you know, and everything's not roses and sunshine all the time. So do you guys ever, ever have any disagreements with regard to having your money separate?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> definitely had some situations during that kitchen renovation where the price kept going up and I was frustrated, you know? Um, but I mean, I feel like we worked it out and it was fine and I feel like that's what we're just going to have to continue to do, right? Yeah. Just talk it over. Yeah, we've definitely... I mean, yeah, we're married. We've obviously had struggles. Sure. <laughs> with yeah, who has right? All sorts of things, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: let's talk some of the details about the mortgage, because I think that's really interesting yeah. for people. You made a, a lot of progress in boosting your income, but also controlling your finances and controlling your temptations towards spending, which is really cool. So what was the original principle when you guys started to attack this thing together so people can get an understanding?
1: Right, so... Robert had bought the house at around 170,000. Um I think when we started really paying it off together it was around 140. Cool. Um so you know f- after we sold the Hawaii house we got it down to around 90. So I think oh, nice. that's when we really were like okay, let's So do this. about a
0: $50,000 chunk towards yeah. the mortgage at that point and then how long did it take you to pay off that 90 then?
1: I mean it, it probably was about 3 years maybe. Nice, so, very yeah, cool. So yeah.
0: like 30k per year on top of your additional payments and that came from the the double payments you were throwing at it, right? Yes, exactly. That's very cool. That's very cool. So so 100 and, so about a 90 over that period of time, what kind of income were you guys making generally during that time period?
1: Yeah, so that was when I had my job, mm-hmm. <laughs> the better job. Uh, so I I would say maybe it's hard because he has his own business, and sure. we don't have our finances together. So I don't know exactly how right. much. Right, oh, that's
0: right. I guess that's true.
1: <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, upwards of two hundred. Cool. and Something. Like
0: awesome. That. Very cool. <laughs> two hundred and something. I like that. Well, you know what? It, it gives. Um, a lot of people out there who want to be a photographer, uh, a really good yeah. uh, feeling that they could make a good six-figure income from Absolutely. being a photographer and following their passion. So, and it obviously, you know, part of your your career too, you are in the arts as well. I mean, I know we, you know, we, we work together and we do marketing work, but a lot of what you do is contributing through video, photography, things like that. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. I'm That's a digital cool. media manager, so I manage graphic design and video production. So
0: awesome. I'm just speaking to my creative artistic listeners yeah. right now that can say, whoa. <laughs> You can make a good income following your passion through the creative arts. And I arts.
1: never thought that was the case. Honestly, I I kind of thought that if I ever made $60,000 a year, I would... Well, first of all, I'd probably be rich, right? <laughs> Not the case anymore, but... Yeah, just working in the creative arts, and my master's degree is in communication. So I'm, that's what I was thinking. Like, how would I ever make six figures? But
0: I'm, I'm a com major here too, my friend. It's doable. I, I, it's just like, hey, what do you want to? What do you want to do, do? I don't know. I'm going to go into comm. It's a like, lot <laughs> less math. <laughs> that's exactly why I did it. <laughs> well, let's talk about your decision to pay off the mortgage instead of investing in the stock market or buying rental properties. I know I'm also a fan of Dave Ramsey. A lot of people listen to the show are as well, but there's also some folks that are like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with having a mortgage. Why wouldn't you just invest in the stock market? It's been a big bull moron over the past 10 years. Why haven't you done that? So tell us why you decided and and, and do you have any regrets or anything like that based on what's happened?
1: No regrets whatsoever. I mean, I think for us, it was really that monthly payment um, that that we just wanted to get rid of, and you know, we definitely had people, including banks and other, you know, even our accountant was like, "Well, you know, you're not going to have that write-off," and I really don't care. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, okay, great, I don't have the write-off, but I'm writing off other things, and I don't have that. I, I guess you feel like you actually own your property, you know, and it's yours, and as long as you pay your taxes and insurance, like. You're not going to lose it, and <laughs> and it's just more freedom. I think is really the bottom line for us.
0: Yeah, something about the math that you can't even put into a calculator. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's emotional, and, and and it makes sense based on you know what you've been through and where you were, and just the freedom mm-hmm. of not having that payment anymore. So, so what's exciting you now about not having a mortgage in your life, and what are you guys going to do with the extra money?
1: Yeah, well, what Robert did actually during us paying off the mortgage was. He got really lucky. Um, he had some, some cash laying around when the market was down. Um, so he ended up, it's crazy. People out there are going to think this is insane. But, <laughs> um, but he ended up buying a house three miles from our house. I mean, we live in a pretty nice suburban area of Detroit for $19,000. Wow. It's now worth 100000
0: that's great. It's a small
1: house. It's seven hundred and fifty square feet. What
0: year did you? What years did he buy? Um, it then, I think I guess? he
1: bought that um, in two thousand eleven or yeah. two thousand twelve. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, great time around Metro mm-hmm. Detroit to buy
0: properties. And then he
1: bought another one for thirty seven thousand. Um, that's worth about a hundred. And then I bought one, and we paid ca- cash for all this. Well, I didn't, but I paid off my loan. Um, I bought mine for 46000 and it's, it's worth about eighty right now. Wow. So,
0: so you said loan. Did you, do they even give mortgages for something that's 46000 Yeah, you, Yeah, okay.
1: I did. Because I, I had heard that
0: loan. like, if you get a property that's so low that they don't even want to lend it to you, yeah, so it sounds yeah. like you got one.
1: It was true, yeah. It was cool because I, I didn't want to take out a loan, But I knew we were at a pivotal moment with real estate. And I'm like, I have to get in with something. I'm seeing Robert buy all these houses, you know, and I'm like, I want one. (laughs) So (laughs) I got a bonus from work. That's a
0: separate competitive spirit, right? (laughs)
1: Exactly. That's exactly what it was. I'm like, wait a minute. I need a house for my own. Although he's fixing a lot of the problems on it anyway, but whatever. But yeah, so... I ended up taking my bonus from work, put it down as a down payment, and then got a mortgage. But I paid it off in two years. That's yeah. Great. so so we're, you know, we have those three properties plus our house that are all paid off. And then my husband ended up, he had a studio, a building um, that he sold. Um, and bought a new one. So the only debt that we have right now is about a hundred thousand on that building, which, cool. it's which a, is it's, a
0: commercial real estate building.
1: It's a commercial real estate building. So okay. he's he's already has ideas about how he wants to turn it into a salon or rent out chairs for, you know, I mean, he already has an eyebrow person in there that he's renting space out to. So he's he's an entrepreneur. He's always thinking like that. He's super crafty.
0: That's great. Well, I mean, starting from where he was in his <laughs> early childhood to where he is now, I'm sure he feels extremely proud of the changes that he's been able to have for himself and for his wife and his daughter. And everything that you guys have done together, so that that is incredible. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing. Any any fun you guys are going to do with the money? Like talk to me about that side of things. I mean, obviously, yeah. I like rental properties. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. But what else?
1: Yeah, I mean, we travel a lot. I mean, honestly, we probably should travel a little bit less and save a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah, we go we go a lot of places. We go to Hawaii pretty much every year. Um, we go to we went to Japan last year. I we went to Europe the year before. So we just. We really like to travel. I think that's our our big thing. We don't want to have kids, so that's that's our main goal is to be able to go somewhere in the winter so we don't have to be in Michigan (laughs) during that time. I love that. (laughs) I mean, we love Michigan. Our family's here. You know, it's why I moved back from Hawaii, but... Would you want to time. own
0: somewhere or would you want to be fine with like Airbnb and back and you forth know, I'm not
1: sure. We've kind of gone back and forth on that. If you do the Airbnb thing, you could go multiple places, mm-hmm. but then we think, well, maybe we could find a place that we can invest in and have a condo or something like that somewhere. But we would probably go the condo route this time from a distance because mm-hmm. we had some serious issues when we had a house in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. You know, we want to have more fun, but we're also you know, always thinking about debt-free and what, what can we do next and where can we put our money next and how can we make it grow?
0: That's incredible. So what do you think Kristen from 2009 would think of Kristen in 2020?
1: (laughs) Wow. She would be shocked. Um, I mean, I, I remember sitting in my car crying, thinking, what, what am I going to do? I mean, this is just awful, right? Like I, I don't even know how I'm going to make it. So I mean, looking at, looking at it now, it's, it, it shocks me. I mean, I did this um, this thing, uh, Marie Forleo. So Marie Forleo, she's um, a big business guru. She sent out these videos where she wanted you to look at the past decade. And it's called like a decade in review. So I sat down and kind of jotted down all the things that I'd accomplished in the last decade. And I was just blown away. I recommend if if you haven't done that already, sit down and do it because... I mean not even just financially but everything especially financially and I know you know it's late 20s to, to late 30s so it is a time when there's a lot of changes already but it was it was mind blowing because I think I'm always thinking about the next thing and oh I'm not doing this good enough I got to focus on this right but actually writing it all down and looking at it, it was just really, really gratifying and made me realize, wow, I've really come a long way. So I can't even imagine what can happen in 10 more years.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who are listening to the show that are in their late twenties that are just starting their family and they're like, man, I really want to get ahead. I hear these great stories about people paying off their mortgage or retiring early or other crazy things and they kind of get discouraged. So I guess maybe talk to that person right now that's listening and saying, well, I want to pay off my mortgage too. What should I do?
1: Yeah, it seems hopeless sometimes, you know, at the time. But honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like it's just little consistent steps that you take every single day that makes the big biggest difference. Um, I feel like it seems like a lot when you're looking, you know, seventy-five thousand dollars. How the heck am I going to do this, right? But when you break it down and you into pieces and you just focus on one little loan at a time, all of a sudden you're ten years into the future and you're like, holy crap, how did that happen, right? (laughs) So I think getting Obsessive about it almost, and I mean, I check my budget every single day. That's the first thing I do every morning. I sit down, I look at my budget, I look at my goals and where I want to be. I have it budget, budgeted out for the next year, and I feel like it's a constant focus for me. Sometimes maybe a little too much. I don't know if people <laughs> need to be like us, but um, <laughs> but I feel like
0: I'm just nodding my head over here, <laughs> saying, "Yeah, I do that too."
1: <laughs> we're like geeky that yep. way, but I I do think it's important to make it a priority because. I think the thing that we can get really stuck in is trying to keep up with the Jones and do what everybody else is doing. And oh, I deserve this because I worked hard today. And I feel like that's a really dangerous mentality to get into. I mean, everybody's going to do it sometimes, right? Of course. I'm, I still, you know, will buy clothes or something sometimes. But I feel like you really have to, you know, once you do that, kind of reset yourself and get focused again. Um, and just look at the the end goal, and don't try, you know, try to not get overwhelmed by that.
0: I love it. Well, Kristen, this has been a lot of fun chatting with you about this. I really appreciate you sharing. And walking us through your background. And it's so fun to hear because you you and I have worked together for a long time and we have not had an intimate conversation like this. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for sharing with us. So so I understand you have a passion project just like I do. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe where people could check you out and learn a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So my passion project is uh, veggiechick.com. And it's basically a food uh, recipe website um, where I share a lot of, of great recipes and tips and inspiration for a healthy living. Um, so I would definitely check that out. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. And then also my my husband has a website, robertbrucephoto.com, where he has just incredible photography there as well. So we have a lot of passion side projects that help us um, you know get to the next level of our financing so
0: awesome and if you guys don't have any questions specifically about food or photography i'm sure that robert and Kristen would be happy to answer any questions on this stuff too. so <laughs> thank you both thank you and robert in the in the future yeah. uh for uh, for helping out here and really helping people get to the next level i really appreciate your joining today thank you It's amazing how much your life can change in 10 years. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Kristen McCamey. Number one, take your tough times and turn them into motivation. Kristen found herself in a really tough position during the Great Recession, but she kept at it and didn't give up. She applied for hundreds of jobs, took gigs that were well below her skill level, and found ways to make more money on the weekends as well. Eventually, her hard work paid off. Sometimes we have to hit our lowest point to start climbing up again. Number two, snowball your debt. Once you get some momentum with the debt pay down process, don't stop. Yes, it's important to enjoy life and have some fun, but take advantage of these incredible habits you've built for yourself and make your future brighter. Before you know it, you may find yourself with zero payments to anyone. And how freeing would that be? (sighs) Number three, control your lifestyle inflation. As Kristen and Robert eventually found themselves making more money, they decided to buy rentals instead of increasing their lifestyle. Luckily, they did this at a really great time, especially here in Metro Detroit. Now they have a few paid for rental homes that bring in solid passive income each month. This passive income combined with their new lower cost of living with no mortgage and no debt payments is going to allow them to have an excellent future together. Kristen, thank you for meeting up in person and sharing your story with me. If we ever do get another recession around here in Metro Detroit, you two are totally gonna be prepared now. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. My friends, I would appreciate if you could take two minutes out of your day today to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It's a great way to say thanks If you've enjoyed this show, in the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Theodore Roosevelt Believe you can, and you're halfway there. Set a goal and get to it, my friends. Carpe diem.